the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March the 13th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Hoping to avoid future train disasters like the Norfolk Southern derailment in East Palestine, a bipartisan group of Pennsylvania lawmakers has introduced the Railway Safety Act of 2023. They say it would create more safety requirements for trains carrying hazardous materials, including a permanent requirement for railroads to operate with at least two-person crews and increase the frequency of rail car inspections. The new legislation is a step in the right direction, says Nick Messenger with the Ohio River Valley Institute. But enforcement is key because some railroad regulations from past decades have still not been fully implemented. The biggest thing that I think it does is it applies to a class of trains that are not currently classified as hazardous. One of the big issues in East Palestine was that this train, even though it had all of these chemical cars on it, because they were not linked together in a row, they were not actually classified as hazardous. The new legislation would require state emergency personnel to be notified of what chemicals are on board train cars coming through their communities. For Public News Service, I'm Danielle Smith. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Initially, Norfolk Southern offered the entire town a total of $25,000 to help with cleanup. Since then, lawsuits against the rail company are piling up. And union leaders and public sector workers say bills advancing in the Florida legislature, if passed, will strip them of their representation and could also do the same for academic freedom. Speaking in committee last week, Florida State University professor Joseph Helweg says he used to recruit for his union, United Faculty of Florida, and heard a variety of reasons why some of his colleagues chose not to pay their dues. He disagrees with the proposal that would require 60% instead of 50% of workers eligible for union representation be dues-paying members in order for the union to remain certified. You will essentially be attacking workers' freedoms, not defending them. And I fear that one reason for this bill is, in fact, to undermine academic freedom uh, by ending tenure, which could happen since UFF is the only reason tenure exists. I'm Tremel Gomes. The proposals could affect more than 150,000 working people in Florida who are represented by unions. And now from the New York Times, former Vice President Mike Pence delivered his strongest public rebuke yet. He said on Saturday night, history will hold Trump accountable for the January 6th attack on the Capitol, which he called a disgrace. This is Public News Service. A recent report finds nursing homes across New York are going without proper oversight. AARP New York's report finds about 80% of New York City's almost 300 nursing homes, assisted living, and adult care facilities didn't receive a single visit from the state's long-term care ombudsman program during a three-month period in 2022. The reason for this is that the program has long been underfunded, a trend that's set to continue in Governor Kathy Hochul's latest budget. Richard Mollett with the Long-Term Care Community Coalition explains what would improve the ombudsman program and keep nursing homes accountable for patient care. The Department of Health needs to do a better job. You know, the 
surveyors are inspectors, they need to be equipped and supported to ensure that residents are safe and that facilities are not allowed to perpetuate poor care and demeaning conditions. He adds that what's critically needed is a professional ombudsman staff to meet the needs of nursing home residents. This means regularly monitoring facilities, providing support to residents, and being a voice for residents, too. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And as the cost of groceries continues to soar, SNAP benefits that were boosted to help families during the pandemic are back to pre-COVID levels. Even with increased benefits, one in three Coloradans didn't know where they would get their next meal. Nearly half of households with children struggle to access nutritious food, according to Hunger Free Colorado's most recent survey. The group Zyra Diaz-Hernandez says families across the state are losing $53 million each month in food assistance. So that's about an average reduction of about $90 per person. And then for our older Coloradans who are on fixed income and only qualify for the minimum benefit, their cut will go from around $250 a month to about $23 a month. I'm Eric Galatis. Finally, our Brett Pivito tells us knowing how to hold space for the grief of children can be complex, but learning how to do it is vital for their well-being. A death in the family is always traumatic, but deaths due to overdose bring their own unique pain and are on the rise. The National Institutes of Health reports U.S. overdose deaths reached a record of over 106,000 in 2021, a near 20% increase over the year prior. With those statistics in mind, the nonprofit National Alliance for Children's Grief will be focusing on the aftermath of overdose deaths as it holds its national conference and webcast in Baltimore on March 21st. Vicki Jay serves as the organization's CEO and says grief stays with people as they age and we owe it to kids to address their grief head on. The cost of inaction affects the health of our kids, the emotional health, their academic performance, their relationships, all of the above. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for starting your week with Public News Service. We are member and listener-supported, heard on radio stations big and small, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. 